Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from Freaky Frogs to Frozen Fury. And today we're talking about the Furbolg. I do hope it's pronounced Furbolg. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, how about we start the episode right there? So did I pronounce <laughs> that right, Will? Is it Furbolg? I, I believe so. I, I actually don't know. I don't know either. Because yeah. I, I was I, saying I, Firebolg for a while. I doubt it's Firebolg. I'm sure was there even, just left is the there even an E in there? There's not no, an E there's in not. It. Okay, it's so it's F-I-R. probably just it's Furbolg. For then. like the tree. Yeah, that makes sense because this is a really like nature-y type thing, right? Uh, yes, in in uh, this edition of D anD uh, Furbolgs are very inherently nature bound. Okay. Um, so Furbolgs are a bit of a new one for me. I wasn't too familiar with them before um, their release in um, Volo? Volo's Guide. Yeah, yeah, they're in Volo's Guide. Um, I really like them. I think they're really cool. Um, and they are in previous editions of D anD D, but the their iteration in this edition is completely unique and completely unlike any other rendition of Furbolg before. Was there a 1.0 Furbolg? Probably, I think so. I think I saw, I was scrolling the Tumblr, and I mm-hmm. think I saw <laughs> a, uh, like a black and white, like, just like a scan of, right. uh, of a 1E, like, uh, is it called 1E? It's What's just it called, called uh, Original d d as we yeah. coin on the show, classic. <laughs> yeah, d classic. classic. Um, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it goes back that far. I know it goes uh, at least as far back as second edition. Um, and it's completely different from the current. Like the current Furbolg is is basically like this cross between like giant and fey. So they're, they're like Ooh. these fey-like giants that are like super into nature, very peaceful. They're almost like big giant hippies. Yeah, um, like the, levy, the, the, the yeah, gentle but, giant. The, yeah, the gentle giant. And I think they're great. And we are going to get into their lore, obviously, because this is a fifth edition podcast. 
But before that, let's talk about what they used to be because it's so drastically different. I was like, we got to talk about this. Okay. So first off, the word Furbolg is actually a word taken. It's the title of the mythological settlers of Ireland. Whether they existed or not is kind of it's contentious. Up, like, to, up for debate. It's up for debate, definitely. But okay. and the, but there's a lot of like mythologic mythology about the Furbolg people. So the people this that has, may have settled Ireland were gentle giants that were like no, had mushrooms no, growing the, on them and shit. Beyond the name, this has nothing to do with them. There's oh, no other relation. Neat. <laughs> Back to D and D. Okay. So um the Furbolgs in previous editions, they were um they were giant kin, which um they, they which means that they were they were giant, but they weren't part of the ordning. Well okay, that's not quite right. Because even the giant kin are part of the ordning. So I would imagine they're like very low on the ordning. Uh, they would be, but they rejected the ordning, and we'll, we'll get to that. So I can't. Okay. Uh, essentially, giant kin tend to be uh, giant kind that are born from Anam's wife, but not from Anam. Remember Anam? We talked about him in the Giants episode. He's the All Father. Oh, okay. he's like the giant god. So Anam's wife is who we're talking. Yes, about. her name is. Um, Gosh, Hiatia. Hiatia. Or Hiatia. Hiatia. Something like that. Anyways, she is uh, a bit promiscuous and she has affairs and those affairs lead to giant kin. Sweet. <laughs> so she had uh, she had an affair with a ice uh, and giant kin deity named U- Ulutiu. Um, he's not very important, uh, but he it, it's their affair that created the furball. Okay, they're not... The deity that you're referencing is not giant kin. It's just the giant kin's deity. Yes. Okay. For some giant like, kin, they like worship a, him. There's yeah. some weird infinite loop going on. Yeah. There. It's, it's a lo- my brain. <laughs> there's a lot of weird lore when it comes to the giant pantheon. It's okay. very uh, Greek-esque with how fucked up these gods tend to be to each other. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. What you, okay. You, you like Greek mythology? Yes. So so anyways, their affair is what birthed the furbogs. So the furbogs were originally like these giant... Just human-looking humanoids that probably stood around nine or ten feet tall, big bushy beards, um, you know, physically physically strong as hell. Um, Flowers growing out of their armpits. No, these original furball were not. They weren't like not naturey, but they were not druidic like these new furball. Okay. They were they're more like warriors. Um, they I see. so more giant like more giant like. Okay. So their thing was they completely rejected Anam. Who didn't like them anyways. They rejected the idea of the ordning. They didn't like uh, anything Mog or Mott or any of that stuff. They didn't I'm like seeing any of some uh, Loth parallels because we just did our drow episode. Yeah, I guess I guess there are some in a way. Um, as a matter of fact, all other giants hate the Furbolg for this and they consider everything Ooh. about the Furbolg to be Mog because they're, <laughs> which I think is actually a fair judgment because to be Mott would be to be giant like. And since they are rejecting that which is giant, that is Mog. They are Mog. It's mog as hell, indeed. So. Um, they, I bet the fir, the furbolg is like, yeah, that's mog as hell. Like that's badass or bad. Oh you yeah, bad. I can see, you I bad can see boy. that being giant slain. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so the furbolg in older editions, they were incredibly reclusive. Uh, they like to have basically zero contact with the outside world. They used to live in uh, living or uh, remote forests or remote caves, and they would build these huge wooden guard towers to Ooh. to just keep everyone out. Now, they may have been xenophobic, but they were generally good. They were generally like a lawful good. They they followed a philosophy that they dubbed the code. They're just inclusive. They're just like uh, indoors. They don't like to 
stuff. Yeah. They, they stay home, watch Netflix. Yeah. Like, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, like if a traveler came into their area, they wouldn't outright attack them, but they would definitely like leave signs of like, you're not welcome here, please leave. And then if you trespass, they might be get physical with yeah, you. Yeah. Like a, like a, a decapitated something. Yeah, the, exactly. They might leave the decapitated head of some monster okay you know, like you know maybe with a science this might like, be you don't get to ye. yeah don't come in here yeah so basically, basically stuff like that now they they held pretty close to this code of conduct they called the code it's not uh completely written out but it is said that the furbolg are so dedicated that every furbolg member of a tribe has a written copy of the code with them at all times. Like they check their mail and they got like a they got like a big pamphlet about the ordning and they just like took it and crossed that ordning and wrote code over it. Right. And just right. started rewriting all the rules. It's supposed to be like it's a general do good code. Uh, I think some of the main major tenets uh, from it are charity and equality. They're okay. all about equality. That's dope. Because it's the opposite of the ordning, right? Where everyone the ordning is like the strict hierarchy. Yeah. In the code and their their philosophy, like everyone in the tribe is equal, and they all vote on matters and there might be leaders but there's no chief or king or anything like that what's the most mog shit we could possibly do yeah i know this is, this is like, it's like giant communism <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say it's more like uh like the um the boston tea party yeah like kind of so. thing yeah, it's like yeah. we're gonna fuck up these british people right yeah now. right right <laughs> I, I yeah very much so um when it comes to charity um they actually have a, this interesting interesting take on charity where they like to give and do good to others but they like to do it in a way where it can't be traced back to them pretty smart uh well it's because they consider like the act of the act of doing good um and receiving praise for it kind of out undoes the good that you did like yeah like if you're doing good just to get favor for it then that's like that's actual mog and not yeah, not the kind of mob they like. They're into. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Speaking of, I wanted to talk about. Okay. okay, so do people in the UK? I want. I want to know what people in the UK think about the the Boston Tea Party because are they like, yeah, whatever. That was that's they, fine. I wouldn't be surprised if it, that isn't taught in their schools because you know Britain has such an extensive amount of thousands of years of history True. to learn about their own country j- alone. True. What do they care about the Boston Tea Party? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah. it's just like we're like, oh that's yeah, us as Americans, yeah, yeah. badass or yeah. whatever. Like how they teach it in school yeah. and no. Uh, like, I seriously doubt that. I'm just like, yeah, that happened. <laughs> but I wonder if they're like, yeah, that happened. Like, nobody gives a damn. It might not even be a blip on yeah. in on their. Uh, that would be interesting. I was wondering, like, is because the the fireball is it like the same thing where the the giants are like, yeah, I fucking hate you guys, but like, I don't give a damn. I I would say it's probably similar because yeah, like, what do they care about the the tiny bit bitty furbog that live in their weird caves and have their strange code? There you go. Yeah, it's suspiciously <laughs> also like stone giants how they don't like to come back out to the surface. True. Not that they don't. True. They don't. Is it that they don't like to come? to the surface it's um i know it's like a weird dream place they would never want to live there and it does make them uncomfortable um their main their main deal is like yeah it's this dream world where your consequences don't matter (laughs) so (laughs) but back to back to furbolg so um so yeah this code of charity equality uh, democracy everyone's equal kind of deal now they take the code incredibly serious and this is where lawful good becomes lawful evil in some ways okay um because violating the code uh has extreme um repercussions oh um, like they punish those that violate yes. the code yeah they'll oh, punish those shit. who violate the code um and 
the most heinous violators of the code will either be killed or just completely excommunicated. But even the more minor violations, you'll be put into endangered servitude for a limited time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. damn. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> They're a very brutal people. I mean, I think I, I would imagine because they are giant kin, there's just some Yeah, they're giant retaining some things of that. to them. Yeah, so... So yeah, um, they they are also they were considered as the most intelligent giant kin. Now I have to say, all of these things that we're talking about right now is very, 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 very dissimilar to what I'm going to get into uh, in in Volo's guide and what oh, is current. Oh, we're talking, we're still talking about the we're talking the about three point five classic second edition. Uh, yeah, classic fur bulks. Okay, so this is nothing like the way it is now, but I think it's interesting, and it's also interesting how it's so drastically different. And I'm glad it's different because I think the new thing now is really cool. Um, and I, we just like what would be the point of bringing this old fur bulk into the current D and D edition when we are have Goliaths? Granted, they're different cultures, but like right. it's a similar like st- statistical monster. Yeah, and the RP is going to be different, but race. the but yeah, like. Like you're saying, like, yeah. And if you wanted to change the, the RP, strength or yeah, whatever, if you want to change the RP, you could just do that on your own, right? It's nice to have the stats. So I like this more peace-loving, friendly, druidic giant thing. So um, uh, before we get into fifth edition, though, let's take short rest. Let's do it. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Well, hey there, everybody, and welcome to the part of the show where we're resting and not talking about that last garbage. It's not garbage. It's it's the whole show. (laughs) The whole show is that. Um, We have some things to discuss. 
they are listener related. They are love related. They're about how much we love our listeners. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. We love you guys. Um, We don't really advertise the show unless like you're on our Twitter or whatever. You know, like, of course, we're bumping there. Indeed. Everything about (laughs) Twitter is about bumping stuff pretty much. So um, thanks. Thanks a lot. If you guys want to help us out. Um, so many of you do already. You guys really, really do, um, and we appreciate you. But if you guys want to tell somebody about the show, um, if you think they would like D&D content and the stuff that we put out, pl- yeah, please tell them. Um, that would help out so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we have some people we want to thank in particular. They are people that have um, become our patrons, and mm-hmm. uh, we respect and love our patrons, and we give you bonus content because we love you. Indeed. Um, <laughs> those people are Jason E. Geis. Thank you, Jason. Uh, Dint, D-I-N-T, thank you. And heart dot, or I think it was heartbeat water. I think yeah, that was heartbeat it, yeah. dot water. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for um, participating in what we got going on on Patreon. If you want to find us, it's patreon.com slash dungeoncast. We got a lot of cool bonus content on there. We're dropping stuff on there as often as we can, pretty much. So um, new content is always on the way. Um yeah. And then, oh, our contest. Uh, we yeah. had a contest going on. You could tweet a link out to the show or leave us an iTunes review. Uh, and we had two <clears throat> winners. These people won the show. It's at Carmen Atencia and at Deferred7. Thank you guys very much. You guys either tweeted the link out to the show or left us an iTunes review. And you won a D&D starter set that we uh, Amazon shipped straight to your house <laughs> or wherever it is. So Yeah, yeah. Um, to your location yeah whatever address you gave us um but yeah thank you guys very much we really appreciate that um and uh there's going to be another contest coming up soon yeah soon yeah pretty soon. soon pretty soon soon yeah in a few weeks you want to talk I'll, about I'll, that I'll announce it. no i'm not going to announce it yet oh okay <laughs> i'm, I'm going to wait is it um can we can we like drop a hint I mean, I'm pretty sure our listeners can guess what it's going to be. It's book related. It's very book related. Or should yeah. I say tome related? Yeah, it's tome related. It's tome related. All right. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the dungeon cast. You can search for us on YouTube, the dungeon cast. Thanks, Josh Freeland. You can uh, find our Twitter at the dungeon cast. Um, I realize I haven't been saying that in the last few episodes. Haven't you? Haven't you? Mm, oh. No. Oh, no. Okay. Well, you can email yeah. us at the dungeon cast at gmail.com or uh, you can, you can, uh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I already said the page. <laughs> I already said Patreon. But yeah, just thank you guys again for listening to the show. Um there's so many hello new people. Damn. Yes. Hello to all of you. What's up guys? I feel like I've been <laughs> having to say that every uh, every episode because the show is growing and we really appreciate that. Let's go back to the show. Where are we, Will? Is it back? We we are back. Oh shit. And we're back to 5e. Back to 5e. We're back to where things matter. My home. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so let's get into the newest uh, rendition of Furbolgs. Like I said, they 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 seem to be like this cross between giant and fae. Now, it doesn't say in anywhere in Volo's Guide that they are related to the fae. It but doesn't like, say that they're fae? It doesn't say they're fae, but I'm pretty sure they're fae. They're very fae-like. It doesn't um, say they're fae, but they are fae, probably. Though the way they look now is a bit different. They're they're not quite as tall. Like they're around seven to eight feet tall, which is still huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they I picture them all like 
not with a hunchback, but hunching over or like yeah, the image slouching. in Volo's guide, he's got like a kind of a like a, a humble slouch. If yeah, you will. like his I arms kind of like hang over. Yeah, 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 I feel you there. He they talks like this. They tend to have like tousled, uh, messy hair, a uh, full beard, but they have like a grayish bluish skin and pointed ears, much like elves or gnomes okay. or any of the fey races. They are. Um, they are still a very extremely reclusive race. They tend to live in like forests far, far removed from civilization. Mm-hmm. But so they have. It might be like rare to see one. Out extremely and about. rare. Okay. It's extremely rare to see a fur rogue anywhere. They almost never, never leave their tribes. Um, now they have a much more inherent like spiritual tie. <laughs> when to you their see them, they drop. A, sorry, when you yeah. see them, they drop like a like a big bag of gold and like run away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not, they don't have social anxiety. Well, they could, but. It sounds like speaking, it. <laughs> I mean, it's just like they're just peaceful and they feel like everyone else is a little bit too violent for them. <laughs> I mean, I like if we're going to talk about my social anxiety, that's that's how that would go. That reflects well. OK. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, they they find they believe that their forests that they live in are sacred places um, and that they are the caretakers of those places. OK, that's um, really cool. They strive to remain in balance with nature and they believe that the world is healthiest and people are at their healthiest when the people only take what they need and they never waste. Which is why they don't like civilization. They're not big on humans. They're not big on all... They're not fans of capitalism. Not fans of capitalism. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. (laughs) Uh, Their life views are those of simple common sense and resourcefulness. Okay. Um, They are so in touch with nature, in fact, they have the inherent ability to speak with plants and animals. That's really... That's not only very cool and flavorful, it's very powerful. Indeed. Because you got to, like, fucking cast spells to do that usually, most of the time. Usually, and I believe the closest thing another race has is forest gnomes get to speak with small beasts kind of feature. Like but it's bun- very specific. So that, like, bunnies and squirrels. And yeah, exactly. Small critters. But where, like, are we, where do we draw the line? Like, is a raccoon too big? What? No, I would I would allow cra- raccoons. Would you allow a possum? I would allow possums. There are no possums in my game because oh, they're, okay, nasty. they're nasty. They're um, nasty, like... Mm, nasty. <laughs> right. But furballs can talk with all animals and all plants, which is just, yeah, you're right. It's incredible, incredibly powerful. So on the opposite side of the spectrum, uh, furballs consider greed to be the worst attribute possible. Cool. I think they consider greed to be like the source of all the problems that the rest of civilization kind of has. They really don't like capitalism. No, they really don't. <laughs> Gems, gold, material goods have no value to they these They did guys. not. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not so dwarves and furballs don't get along. I would imagine dwarves probably hate furbolgs more. Not hate, but they probably would get along less with furbolgs than they do with elves, who are already very fae-like and not very attached to their material goods right. and also very nature-y. Um, furbolgs are kind of like that, but more so. God, every time we bring up elves, I just picture one sitting like in recluse weaving a basket, and he's been doing so for like the past 80 years. Yeah, not the same basket sure. either. There's a fucking pile of wicker baskets behind him, and like they get progressively better. In uh, Dennis L. McKiernan's books, who he's a fantasy author, who uh, I think he still writes books, but he he's up there in the years, so he he may be completely retired by now. But his elves live forever, and because they live uh, so long, they spend like centuries of their lives like doing a thing until they master it, and then they right. move on to something else. So like one will be a blacksmith for a hundred years, yeah, and then so they that's move on, and then. Maybe I'm a basket weaver for the next hundred and so on. Yeah, and, so forth. and for these eighty years, I was an adventurer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so. Right. So, um, on top of all this nature stuff, they have a lot of like inherent magic. 
Um, it's an instinctual thing for them. Um, it's because of their closeness with nature. It predisposes them to druidicness. Right. Yeah. Because this already sounds like a druid. Yeah. And almost all Furwogs learn at least a few spells. This is reflected in some of their features, which we'll get into, because they have just spells that they can cast or magical things that they can just do. Okay. It's actually very powerful. They have a lot of features, and it kind of gets into the whole power creep that, you know, I talk about yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Because this is Volos. So, like, power creep began. Yeah. And right around there, right? Like, uh, well, yeah, I would say, I would say, I don't know was happening. It's still happening. Yeah, it's still happening. It will continue to happen until the uh, edition eventually eats itself and then <laughs> time to reboot. Yeah. To go to 60. It just collapses yeah. into like an infinite yeah. black hole that's, that it makes on its own. It's the nature it's of the star. D&D is just a star. It just right. collapses and we all die. <laughs> Indeed. Until it goes supernova. <laughs> so, um, now they so they have all these 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 spells and they have these inherent abilities and they are powerful but what i like about them is that they are very u- utility they're like utility right, spells okay. their magic is very focused on being used to keep their presence secret they don't want the rest of the world to know they're around so they have uh like access to spells like detect magic or disguise self or invisibility these are the kinds of things they're using their magic on uh they don't want to become involved with other races bullshit they don't like politics or any of that weird stuff and so they rather stay hidden and furthermore i think the non-violence of these spells is a good reflection of their uh culture because they're generally an incredibly unviolent race so much so that even their attempts to get intruders to like leave them alone they will resort to violence as the very last thing. They they tend to go for more clever tactics or indirect methods. So like, or if those fail, they'll go to diplomacy. But they'll like use their magic to make their force very unappealing or unwelcoming. Yeah. They'll like make all the game like the the game to hunt go mm-hmm. away, and like they'll make all the plants like all thorny and nasty, and they'll just make this place suck for a little bit to make humans go. Ugh, yeah. The never fir- go there. The first fifty feet of the surrounding <laughs> perimeter yeah. of the forest is just trash. Yeah, exactly. That's trash forest. We don't go there. Yeah, we don't but go. Really, in- <laughs> it's awesome, but they don't know that. Yeah, we don't go inside <clears throat> trash forest. Indeed. Um, if that fails, you know, they will approach and attempt diplomacy. And then if that fails, it might turn to, you know, no leave or I'll beat you with a stick kind of deal. I can see them like paper mache goblins together. So it looks <laughs> like there's goblins inside of Trash Forest. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they would definitely do something like that. That's too funny. Um, <clears throat> so they're because of the way they are, they're very unlikely to venture forth from their homeland, except under extreme circumstances. You're not going to get a lot of Furbolg adventurers. Uh, it's actually interesting that they decided to include them in Volo's Guide uh, as a playable race. Not that I'm complaining. I think they're awesome. I just yeah, recently for, played one. And for it was Volos, all fun. like the tone, the tone that Volo sets is, is a weird thing to be in. Yeah, I guess Volo's Guide is about the the rare, the rare things okay, in the that, world. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess it does make sense that they're in there. Are tabaxi rare? I don't know much about tabaxi. We're going to know. But we're going to know a lot about tabaxi quite soon. Okay. I think that'll be the next races episode we'll do. Yeah, almost. Positive. I see a lot of requests. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they seem interesting. Yeah, they do. They seem cool. They're cat um, people. They remind me of the the Khajiit from uh, Skyrim. Have you ever played Skyrim? I haven't played it yet. <sighs> I have a Nintendo Switch now, so oh, I'm yeah. going to play it. Yeah, there you go. Um, <clears throat> so just uh, a quick footnote before we get into the mechanics. Um, they don't believe in names. They don't have names for each other. Oh, okay. Um, they might just have names that like reflect like something that they've done in life so like the lizard folk 
kind of like the Lizard Folk. Okay. But even that's an, uh, to an extent, like not they wouldn't even do that. There's not one called Mud Boy? No, there's he no like Mud Boy. particularly <laughs> likes mud. No, there okay. isn't. <laughs> but when they have to deal with other races, they understand that, well, everyone else uses names. So yeah. they make up some sort of name for themselves. And they use Elven. Elven is a language they speak. Okay. They speak Giant. They speak Elven. I think they can speak Sylvan. I'm not sure on that one, actually. But like... Yeah, again, very Fae-like. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're tied to the Fae. Okay, cool. So with that, um, do you got any more questions before we dive into the, the mechanics? Um, would now be a good time to talk about the uh, character you've built? That's a fart for a ball? Because um, I did want to touch on that a little bit because yeah, it's sure. in, very interesting. Yeah. Well, you want to talk about Numuhuku Makiakia Aliki? Yeah. So, so yeah, the very opposite need, of not having a name. Yeah. But you, need, you need a name, though, for yes. like. So, yes. let's talk about adventuring as a fur. If you want to role play the fur bulk and like go adventure. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's probably good to have a name or like at least something to be yeah, called you should, by. You, you should make up a name. You don't um, need a name. I mean, honestly, like, you don't need any of this lore you can do. What I did where I actually I made a character based off of a book character from um, a book series called the Stormlight Archives. Um, breeders of the Stormlight Archives will know him as Rock. Uh, he is one of the horn eaters. Okay. And he has uh, a crazy long name in his own tongue that no one can pronounce, so they just call him Rock, which right. is the same kind of thing I did. Yeah. And my character had a similar personality, but not quite. Yeah, um, okay. But it, it was basically, I just took that idea and ran with it and made a different guy with it. Yeah, and you were a mm-hmm. ranger. Actually, this is um, we're going to do something on Patreon called Ranger Danger. I think I've mentioned it before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this is the character that you've made up for yes, that game. Yeah, yeah. so he um, uh, he is a furbolg, uh, ranger, druid, multi-class. Yeah. Uh, his name is Numuhuku Makiakia Aliki, um, and he has four pet capybaras that he keeps with him at all times yeah and i only he, remember one of them's name yeah he's generally just the kind only of, one that really matters oh pancake yeah, yeah pancake <laughs> was definitely a bit of a star um now uh i forgot what i was gonna say but, oh yeah uh numuhuku makiakia he was he's very much a jovial kind of jolly kind of guy he uh-huh. didn't take anything too seriously lots of nature magic lots of nature magic <laughs> um and uh you yeah. plan on carrying a stick like the yeah whole time he has we, a like play. it's like a shepherd's crook to shepherd his capybaras um i love the character and i look forward to playing him more at some point in time right yeah, he's definitely one of my favorite characters that i've ever made well, that was cool i thought it would be interesting <clears throat> to bring it up just since like this is the topic today and you've built one and played one before yeah so. yeah granted he i took none of this lore um i just took the the aesthetic yeah kind of when, the lore doesn't make as much sense for what we did that day true true but but that's kind of what i'm i'm getting at here is like how what's the, your excuse for adventuring you know yeah with him if he, you are taking the lore. yeah with with my guy he uh he comes from like i did take the whole reclusiveness kind of deal and like so his capybaras had only ever seen his homeland and he was like i want to show them the world they're my, they're my babies <laughs> yeah. so they deserve more <laughs> exactly except for pancake who was born after they left so pancake's never seen the homeland oh that's yeah, interesting indeed okay but let's get into the mechanics <laughs> pancake stop talking about, yeah pancake is streetwise <laughs> okay he diffused a bomb yes. spoilers <laughs> okay so uh for bulk traits this is what they get um this is from volo's guide um, for ability score attributes, they get a plus one strength, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, they're so big, I would imagine they get a plus two, but they don't. They just well, because races are built with plus two, plus one. They right? are, but there are races that have plus two, plus two. Oh, Namely wait. mountain dwarves. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's a strong um, one. But I, I think what it was was they didn't want to do that because they had all these other features in mind. And honestly, this 
the race has too many features as it is. So um, maybe yeah, they, it's plus one to strength and not plus two because they're not like using their strength. All that's the time. true. They're not a violent race. They're more yeah. magic. Based. It's just they happen to be built mm. strongly. Yeah. So plus one to strength, plus two to wisdom. They live about 500 years. I don't think we, we didn't really get into the longevity. Um, that's but, actually really cool. Yeah. Now it's a long ass time. It is very reminiscent of giants who live a long time. But usually the smaller giants get, the less that means anything. Like I don't, I'm pretty sure ogres and ents are not living anywhere near that. I don't think ogres get anywhere near a hundred. You said ogres and ents, uh, ents. Oh, ents. Okay. Yeah, they're like two headed giant kin. Oh wow. We'll get into them one day, but uh, maybe in the ogres episode. But they might just get their own. Okay. Um, but longevity like that is a very fey thing, like gnomes and elves and whatnot. right. So. All that I, stuff is super ancient. I'm leaning towards the feyness for the longevity there. Okay. Um, they they are considered medium despite being so big, but they're going to have that thing, that powerful build where they count as large when it comes to lifting things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, you're going to get furbold magic, which means that you can cast detect magic and disguise self with this trait using wisdom as your spellcasting mod. Um, you can only cast it once every short rest. When you use this version of disguise self, you can seem up to three feet shorter than normal, allowing you to more easily blend in with humans and elves. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, you get a feature called Hidden Step as a bonus action. I use this one. As a bonus action, you can magically turn invisible until the start of your next turn or until you make an attack, make a damage roll, or basically do anything. Yeah, break the concentration to reveal yourself. This is another short Ooh, rest. I had feature. a question about concentration, and somebody brought it up in our comments on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. It was, if you cast a concentration spell... They were like, you can do other spells that don't require concentration. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Absolutely. You just can't cast other Another concentration, concentration spells. Spell. And if you get hit by any attack, you need to make a constitution save to not break concentration. Okay. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> no, the rules, clarifications are always good. Um, so hidden step, uh, as a bonus action, you can turn invisible for a turn. Um, this is another short rest feature. Nice. It's feeling powerful to me. Yeah. Like two useful spell features that are both short rest. Then you get powerful build, like we told. You count as a size larger uh, when determining your carrying capacity and all that stuff. Pushing and dragging lifting objects. Uh, speech of beast and leaf. You have the ability to communicate in a limited manner with beasts and plants. They can understand the meaning of your words, and though you have no special ability to understand them in return, you have advantage on all charisma checks you make to influence them. Nice. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Because advantage is powerful. Yes. Um, and yeah, you can get animals to do what you want. So, um, how, wait, how much do we have left on that? Uh, I got one last thing. Okay, hit me with that. Uh, languages, you can read and write common, elvish, and giant. I want to take a moment here. Okay. I've been meaning to bring this up on the podcast because I like to bitch about things. Um, <laughs> I hate that in fifth edition, we've changed the languages of Elven and Dwarven to Elvish and Dwarfish. Oh, it yeah. sounds stupid. I think you've expressed that before. Well, I'm expressing it again. I always get it confused. Like, which one do we say, Will? Because I don't care which one it is. It sounds same silly thing. and dumb to me. I'm an Elven and Dwarven man till I die. Okay. Okay. What were you going to say? Uh, <laughs> what was the one that makes you three feet shorter? Uh, the disguise uh, self spell, but the spell normally you can't do that with this feature. You can do that. So if you're making yourself three feet shorter, mm -hmm. are you actually three feet shorter or does it just look like you are? Um, hmm. And how does that play into walking through doors? I think like a small door. I think that I'm going to guess 
because I actually don't know off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure you actually become three feet shorter. But we have a player's handbook, and I want to take a look at that before we close this episode. Uh, apparently, the spell, number one, it's illusion, which I knew that much. Yeah. But the, the fact is the spell says that the uh, disguise fails to hold up to physical inspection. So, so you just look shorter, but you ain't. So how they were like you said they were eight feet tall, right? Uh, seven to eight feet seven tall. Eight, yeah. So if you're on the tall end, like if you're eight feet tall, and there is you're in a halfling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, encampment or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's a five foot door, and you're like trying to fit in real good, Ooh, yeah. you know, you might. No, I'm good outside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just stay out here. And you fucking knock the yeah. whole tent down or whatever. I have dorophobia. I'm scared of door. No. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, any other questions, Brian, and before we wrap this up? No, nah, that was it. All right, with that, I think we can call it a game. Let's call and it a game. We will talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Yeah, every episode, because the show is growing, and we really appreciate that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Shut your phone off, Will. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. A resident is calling you? Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is a nightmare. We shut this off. This is our our end of the episode blooper right here. Okay. (laughs) Can I... I need a parking permit. Can I have it? (laughs) Can I have it? I need a parking permit for my car. (laughs) Can I have it? Seriously. The back of your head is ridiculous. All right. Um, I think <laughs> I think that literally happened when I was about to say, uh, let's go back to that. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.